Hey, miserable bitches. We're back with another episode of Misery Manor. I'm Cody. I'm Emily. And make sure you leave your manners at the door. Hey! Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm great. How are you? So, me and Emily just had um, Dish Society to eat, and Emily has celiac, and her throat feels like it's going to close. So, if you hear a croak or <laughs> her silent, um, something might have happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> but please try not to do it during this recording. Okay. Well, then who's going to edit it? If I die after the recording. Uh, me. Okay. It shouldn't need editing, because this one's pretty good. Okay. If, unless I slip up and say something that's not Do you right. want to tell them how I just put together a water fountain for you? Oh, yeah. Emily just put uh, together this lovely little water fountain for my patio while I was finishing up this story, and it turned out really good. I just got to put some water in it, and hopefully it all goes well. I hope so, or I'm going to be getting a phone call in the morning. Like, get this shit. You need to come back over here right the fuck now. <laughs> Granted, I didn't give her the proper tools to do it, so we had to work with what we had. But that's enough of us. I wanted to get into the real reason why we're here, and that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, the t-shirt design, it is done. I know I said that on the last one, but the only issue is is the, um, the website that we're going to use. I had to wait for them to let me know which file size and which file we could upload for the image and they don't work apparently on weekends. So she just messaged me today. So the lady who made the design is resending it back to me with the proper, um, file. Oh, okay. So that should be done like tomorrow. So the link, it'll be this week. The least... link will definitely be posted this week. And trust me, we'll post all about it. You will know about it. And there'll be several options. I think there's like a coffee mug, um, like a poster or like, and then the t-shirt, of course. So you'll have some options. But we'll Is it post... weird to have, like, a coffee mug of your own po- podcast? Cause no, that's it doesn't say that, though. I'll show you what. It doesn't have the picture of us on it. It's something different. It says, like, um, leave your manners at the door in blood. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. And I thought maybe doing one that's, like, I'm a miserable bitch without my coffee. You know, something like yeah. that. So we'll play around with some ideas. But I have some that I'll show you. Okay. Um, and Clearly we'll... we didn't talk about this before. No, because sometimes I just lay in the bath and I'm like, huh, I'm feeling creative. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's I, I always feel creative. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I know I said last time, if you want to send us a donation, we do have a Venmo. It's Misery Manor Podcast or at Misery Manor Podcast, I think it's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, feel free to send anything. Ones, twos, threes, falls, whatever you got. Give us some mo. Um, we are the strippers of true crime, so send us your dollar bills, baby. And um, again, if you want to be a Patreon, it's um, in our bio in our Instagram, and we have several episodes uploaded on there that are just for Patreons only. And we totally love and appreciate each and every single one of you that is a Patreon. And we have some more yes. content coming for you soon. We have creepy 911 calls, like scary 911 yeah. calls. I think that's going to be a series that we're going to do for you guys. It's like... um. 
worst so it's like dispatchers and their worst yeah. call that they've ever get, gotten yeah but cody and i are gonna read them like one as the dispatcher right. and one, and one is, is the, the person caller. yeah so there's that we just uploaded one um death row last and like thing, last, uh, words. last words on yeah. death row we have one that's like they're the last meals that people ordered on uh-huh. death row um, so several other little options too but it they're cool they're fun they're more like humorous like engaging and like just normal conversations that the two of us have. Yeah, so just a part um, of it. Yeah, so get up in there. You can do the five, ten, fifteen, or twenty. If you're a twenty dollar patron, you get a shirt. So just keep that in mind. But um, yeah, would love to have you, sweet peas. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and get into this story today. If you're ready, are you situated? Yeah, there's just something in your carpet, and I don't know what it is. Is it red? I thought it was, like, the skin from a red onion, and I thought, why would that be in here? Because I eat onions in here, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Well, okay, let's get one thing straight. I don't just have nasty onions sitting around, (laughs) so can you clear that up for them? Yes, I think it's just a fuzz. fuzz. It's just a fuzz, everyone. Thank you. All right, so let's get into this case today. Now, I contemplated on how I wanted to do this story for you because I don't want to give too much away in the beginning like I usually do. So I think I'm just going to dive into it and just let the details tell it. And then you figure out, you kind of make it up in your mind where you think it's going to go and maybe I'll throw you for a loop, okay? Wait, are we like going back in time? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, obviously this is back in time, but like... No, no, no. I mean like like, sometimes you'll start the story like at the end and then we go back. No, we're not doing that. Okay. This is going to be a like chronological chronological order yeah that's right all right so this story has to do with katie beers like the beer like a beer but isn't it b-i-e-r-s no it's b-e-e-b three e's (laughs) b-e-e-r-s so katie beers was born in long island on december 30th 1982 katie had a mother named marilyn um but marilyn was not too sure who um katie's biological father was Okay. She was a lady of the night, I think, and it just, she didn't know. She had no clue. Okay. So Marilyn wasn't the best mother, though. She tried, and she worked a lot of odd jobs to try to keep her kids happy, you know, pay the light bill, pay rent, keep food coming to the table, but she found herself busy a lot. So she was a taxi driver at one point, and she would just take any other random jobs that people would agree to pay her for. Um, and because, like I said, she was so occupied with working and trying to put food on the table, keep the lights on, she was rarely home. And because of this, the house was just a total mess because, um, obviously, so Katie has a brother and they're the only ones living in this house and they're young, right? And And, Katie. And Katie. Right. So they don't really know how to clean. I mean, they- Oh, wait. They're They're, babies. Yeah, while the mother's at work. Okay, for a second, I thought Katie was the mother. Okay, Katie's the girl. Katie's the girl, and the mother's Marilyn, and then she has a brother named John. Okay. So the two kids would be in the house while the mom's at work. So the house was a total mess. Um, It needed some, like, intense repairs. It was not a safe environment for the kids at all. It was falling apart. The front door was rotted shut. Like, it wasn't just, like, you know, there was stuff, you know, blocking it. It was rotted shut the kitchen always had dirty dishes they were stacked like a mile high there were bugs everywhere it smelled like there was like not a glade air freshener in sight it was just a total 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 mess and that's what they they lived it wait how did they get in and out of the door they came through the back door oh my god yeah they had to enter through the back door so katie like i said he she had an older half brother named john they were not well taken care of at all katie was absent from school so many days they would actually change schools so often 
so the kids never had a stable place to just like call home Mm -hmm. the schools that she would go to she moved so often the kids like they would first of all had no time to even make friends and the schools didn't even really know she went to school there like when it later came out oh katie used to go to school here oh she did and then it would be like for like a month and a half and they would be on to the next place right so no stability whatsoever So, CPS did come to their home on multiple occasions, but Marilyn's best friend, Linda, who was Katie's godmother, would come out running of the house screaming and hollering at CPS workers, get out of here, you bitches! And they said she would have, like, her um, um, flip-flop in her hand, and she would just be going crazy. Her chonkless? And she would, like, run these social workers out of their house. But why? They're trying to help? To help. But she was in denial. She didn't think anything was wrong. So a lot of the times in the house, like I said, it would just be Katie and her brother. Now, John is six years older than Katie, and he tried his hardest to be a protective older brother for Katie, but it was super hard for him. He was still a kid himself, so he did the best he could. He looked over her, but, like, you know, there's only so much he can do. So how old is he? So when she was four, he was ten. Okay. So still a child, obviously. So it seemed as though all of the adults in Katie's life at this point were just letting her down and setting setting her up for failure. She didn't know who her father was. Her mother was absent, and her godmother, Linda, was abusive and absolutely horrible to her. Oh, my God. So she said her mother came home. So, sorry. It was said that her mother would come home and say, hey, pack your bag. You're going to go stay at Linda's. And Katie would immediately just start crying. She hated it. She would cry. She would beg. She didn't want to go. Katie um, would be treated like a slave there and forced to do chores all day long. Um, if Katie didn't finish her chores, Linda would call her school and say, hello, yes, Katie's not going to be able to make it to school tomorrow. She's really, really, really sick. Just so that Katie could stay home and continue to do chores. I just assumed that the godmother lived in filth, too. So I'm like, what kind of chores is she doing? No, they do. So from the moment she woke up, Katie had to get to work. So she had to make breakfast. She had to do the dishes. She had to clean the house. She had to dust off the shelves, mop, sweep, you name it. And this all started when Katie was only four years old. Four. I barely know how to do some of that stuff. I used to teach four-year-old. Well, old three's turning four. And I would never let any of them Well, and they don't have the attention span to even, like, really know what to do. So... A woman named Trudy, who worked at a local laundromat, said um, Katie would go in there and do Linda's laundry all the time. And this little girl would walk in there and and do grown adults' laundry, a little four-year-old. So later Mm -hmm. in an interview, Trudy said, Katie would come in... and." Kate, sorry, Katie would come in here with this little handbag of change and sit right there, and I would help her out with her first load. First, she would do her mother's, then her godmother. Uh, I felt so sorry for her. The kid used to drink coffee. I, <laughs> she said, I used to ask her, Katie, why are you not out there playing with your friends? And she would say, I don't have any friends. And it was true. She had no friends. She didn't know anybody. So... Trudy thought the reason that Katie did not have any friends was because her house was filthy and Katie was filthy. She was like, quote, she doesn't have any friends because the house is filthy and I don't think anybody wants to go over and play with her. And she wasn't wrong. So like, I'm gonna... there was this girl that, like, this, like, little girl, I don't know if it was, like, at school or church or something growing up, and my mom, like, I went over to her house one time and then my mom was like, you were never going over right. there again because their house was dirty. Right. No, and, I mean, it's just, like, a not safe environment. So she was absolutely right. Trudy was absolutely right. But I'm going to get back to the, the state of the house in a few. I'm going to 
switch it a little bit. So Katie loved going to school and this was like a safe place for her. It was the one place where the adults in her life couldn't control her and she could be surrounded by nice and caring people. Katie only had hand-me-down clothing typically from her older brother. Um, she wore summer clothes in the winter, pants and shirts that were many sizes too big for her. She would sometimes get new clothing from the dollar store, but her family would only allow her to have one new article of clothing a year. <gasps> and she's a growing little girl. Like, they grow fast, but she could only have one new article of clothing a year. So Katie typically would get a new shirt right before picture day. But every day after that, she would continue to wear that shirt just about every day um, until the next picture year, and she would have a new shirt on. Kids caught on to this, and they did not want to be her friend at all. They would call her names like Dirty Katie and Cockroach Girl in the hallways, and she would just cry. And think about it. She's, what, in school, and she's wearing these huge clothes of her brothers, and they're just filthy. My thing is the shoes. Yeah. Kids grow out of shoes so fast. So fast. And what made it worse is that she ended up, so she ended up getting head lice. And she's so embarrassed because everybody already thinks she's nasty and dirty, right? Yeah, but lice like clean hair, so that's uh, no. weird. So she gets sent home to get treated and word spread, spread throughout the school quickly. However, when she gets home, none of the adults there did anything about it. They told the school, oh, yeah, we're going to treat it, but they didn't. They just kept her home for a couple of days and then sent her right back to school. <gasps> but she still had the head lice. So Katie is trying so hard in class not to itch her head because she didn't want to make a big deal. But finally, I mean, she had to itch. But the nurse is walking down the hallway, and the nurse sees Katie, and she's like, goes to check her out. She's like, oh, my God, come here, sweetie. Like, let me, you know make sure it's all gone and she's like oh my god you have headlights it's still there it's everywhere yeah and she says this in front of all the kids so they all start taunting Shit. her everybody's attention is turned towards katie she's crying she just breaks down and starts crying so she gets sent back home yet none of the family would get, help her get rid of it they're like oh my gosh i'm so sorry we should have kept her a couple more days the lice ended up getting so bad that they just chopped all of her hair <gasps> off and this devastated Katie because she had long, beautiful hair and they just chopped it all off. Um, so she was devastated by this. Girls love having, especially at that age, you know, playing with Barbie hair and your own hair. Like you love accessorizing with, you know, your hair. And they just went home and chopped it all off. She would even start wearing hats as much as she could um, because people would start calling her a boy and say that she had a boy haircut. So kids are mean and they did not want to be her friend at all for that reason. So going, so that's the abuse that she would um, handle during school. So going back to the house. So in the house, she also um, got a, a lot of abuse. Um, if Katie did not do what her mother asked her to do or Linda, she would get beat and cursed out because she would travel between the two homes. As I was like, so Marilyn would be like, hey, you're going to go stay with Linda or you're going to go back to live with. So she would kind of teeter between the two homes. Um, even if Katie did everything correctly, Linda would still beat her just because she felt like it. And she would often put her cigarettes out on Katie's <gasps> body. So she had like little wounds all over her. Um, so Linda had actually lost a leg due to diabetes. And she would use this as an excuse as to why she couldn't do certain things. It made Katie feel really bad for not, you know, so she was like, you know, I, I don't have a leg. I can't do these things. You have to help me. So Katie would constantly feel bad. Um, and do those things that she asked, but she would just get beat in return. Was she a peg leg salesman? No. She was a peg leg bitch. <laughs> so in 
So now that Katie has all these burns all over her arms, I'm sure you're thinking, well, where the fuck is her mother? But Marilyn, as I mentioned, was never really around and she's constantly working. So she was busy a lot. But like if she saw those burns on her on Katie, she would be pissed. I mean, she wasn't the best mother, but she would still be livid. So but to make matters worse, when Marilyn and Linda would get around each other, it would be pure chaos. They would feed off one another, fight one another and just egg each other on. They were friends. They were friends, and Linda was Katie's godmother, but they would just, they were those friends that just try to just get a rise out of each other and just fight. So one time Katie came home, and um, so this is, this is crazy. So one time Katie comes home, and they're like, Katie, what is that on your cheek? Is that a wart? Is that a pimple? Come here. So Marilyn and Linda would take turns, like, squeezing <gasps> and popping Katie's blemish over and over again. And then once they popped it, they would stick salicylic acid on it and then start popping it and squeezing it again. And it got so bad that it resulted in her having a huge hole in her cheek because it was infected. And I don't think it was a pimple. I think they were, it was, could have been like maybe staff or a bug bite or something. And they just kept squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. It was like a gash in her cheek. There was also an instance where Linda and Marilyn got in such a heated argument that they started throwing pieces of furniture at each other in front of the children, like a lamp or like a shoe rack or anything. The fight was over who was going to be Katie's mom, okay? Which is mind-blowing because you think these two ladies hated Katie by the way they act and treat her, but they were fighting over who could be her mom. So the fight got so bad that the police showed up, and when they tried to, like, calm Marilyn and Linda down, they were like, um, explain to me, like, what the fuck is going on here? Why are you throwing furniture at one another? Why are their children crying? What's going on? And Linda proceeds to tell the cops, Katie is mine. She's mine. Marilyn, her so-called mother, has dropped her off at my house when Katie was just a baby. Then what did she do? She disappeared for months. I was the one who take care of her. So I want full custody of Katie. Give her to me. However, Marilyn stated, are you kidding me? You refused to give Katie back to me after you watched her for one night. And I didn't press charges because you're my friend. So they would turn to Katie and then say, okay, Katie, tell us who you love more. Who do you want to be your mommy? Who do you want to live with? So this fight obviously was not solved. The cops were like, okay, y'all need to figure this shit out. You know, Marilyn, if you're the biological mother, Katie, you should probably go with her. Um, but that's the law, right? So Katie continued to have to stay with both um, her mother and her godmother. However, now the neighbors are starting to pick up on this like violent behavior, and they are starting to think that Katie's being sexually abused. Oh shit! So Sal, who's Linda's husband, had confessed to the police that he has molested Katie. (gasps) He was facing first degree sexual charges. He was arrested and due to appear in court soon. He was banned from having any contact with Katie, and the abuse started, and he admitted, when she was two. Oh. So, not only was she too young to even know what was going on, but she was too young to even articulate into sentences or words what was even happening to her. So, that's some, like, background on Katie's upbringing and early childhood. So, I'm going to get into the point where the the story starts to develop, and we're going to go back to Sal. Can I just say, though? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where I like was reading a book or something about this and it resonated because when these things happen to these kids that are so young, mm-hmm. they don't know what sex is. That's no. their first. Right. So they don't know that that's wrong, you know? Right. And that's super yeah. fucked up. Right. Cause it's one of the first things that they, they're so young and it, they just probably assume that that's how it should be. Yeah. 
So I'm going to go back to where this all started. So like I just told you about Sal, but I'm going to take you back to some of those instances. So this all happens when Katie moves in with her grandmother, Helen. So this is Marilyn's mom. So they all move into the grandma's home. Um, so it's Marilyn, Katie, and her brother, John. Mm-hmm. Marilyn was like, look, mom, we got evicted. I need to make some money to get us back on our feet. We just need a place to stay. Can we please stay with you for just a little while till I can make some money together? And like, we'll move out, I promise. And of course, Helen was like, absolutely. You and the kids are always welcome. We can make this work. So Katie said this was the best time she ever had. Okay, how uh, old was she at this time? Uh, I'm trying to six. Six, okay. So Helen was... Actually, no, she was four. I'm sorry, because I'm going back. So she was young. (laughs) Helen was so gentle. She was soft-spoken. And she was, like, one of the only people to ever show any kindness or love towards Katie. She would hug Katie, but Katie, like, never really had hugs before. They just weren't affectionate. But Helen, her grandmother, would hug her. Uh, Marilyn would be gone for the majority of the day. So it was, like, the perfect environment for Katie. So she was just spending time with her grandma and her brother. She loved this. Things were going great. Sadly, this all comes to a shattering halt because one day there's a knock on the door. You love You know who it is? Linda and Sal. Okay. With their bags in their hand. Oh, jeez. Linda says, Sal and I have been evicted. We need a place to stay. We do not know where to go. We just need a few weeks to make some money and then we'll be out of here. I just hope you can understand. So being sweet Helen... She was like, sure, Linda, I've known you for years. You and Sal come in and make yourself at home. We can make this work. Now, this wasn't some mansion. Like, I mean, she maybe had like a three-bedroom house. So now there's two families in this house, right? Three. Helen. Three and Helen. Well, Helen's part. It's just her. Helen and then, yes, the two other families. So Linda was actually not working. She was on disability and she got checks that way. Sal was also not working because he had recently had a major heart attack. Um... And so because of Linda and Sal moving in, Katie was now out of a room. She actually had to sleep on a couch, but this couch was in the room with Linda and Sal. So there was just like a little couch in the corner that she would sleep in. Because well, they, they're now in her bed that she was sleeping in. Okay, but why isn't she in the room with her mother? The, they probably had the biggest one. It was just the couch that was available for her. Oh, the mother, uh, John was in her room. The older brother. Okay, so she can't sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor? I don't know. I wasn't there to give the room assignments. It wasn't the real world. So. (laughs) I don't think a lot of our listeners even remember the real world. So just to give you an image of what Sal looks like, he is severely overweight. Like not even just like a chunky hunky, like severely like mouth breather, like sweaty Betty. Just disgusting. Hence the heart attack. So Katie felt helpless due to his size and like her tiny body. And he was constantly getting violent with both Katie and John. And he constantly was yelling and hitting on them during the day. Sometimes Hitting on them? Hitting them. Sorry. Um, sometimes Linda and Sal would take Katie and John to the grocery store with them. And Linda's favorite thing to get were these at the grocery store called, uh, they were like these little cakes called yodels. Have you heard of them? I've never heard of them. So in one instance, Linda's like looking for these yodels down one aisle, nothing. Down another, nothing. She searches the entire store and they're out of yodels and she's livid. So she takes Katie and John and beats them up when she gets home. And she blames them for the yodels being gone. She's like, if we weren't waiting on you, if we had only gotten there a little bit earlier, they would have had my yodels. 
It's like a little Debbie, basically. That's what I thought. Like the little like honey buns, that kind of genre. Well, like chocolate. Okay. Like little, I think they're called devil dogs here. Right. So she was pissed that she didn't have her yodels. <laughs> Hence why she also might have diabetes. I don't know what type she had, but like, damn. So when John was a bit younger, Sal kicked John so hard in the stomach because John did not mow the lawn to his liking. It's not it, even his damn lawn. I and John was like 10. I seriously doubt he knew how to cut a lawn great. So... If Katie ever got on his nerves, he, she would gra- he would grab Katie by her neck or underneath her arms and push her up against the wall like with her legs dangling and yell at her. So the kids are terrified of Linda and Sal. So there's another instance where Sal and Linda invited some of their friends over to the house and they, the guests were mad because there were kids around. They're like, why are there kids here? Ew. Like, ugh. She, they were like, can they just leave? And Sal's like, you know what? You're right. What the fuck are they doing here? So he locks Katie in the pantry for five hours. And the group leaves to go to the movies. And Katie was left inside that pantry. So when Linda and Sal return home four hours later, they opened up the pantry. And Katie had peed all over the floor and on <sighs> herself. Because she had nowhere else to go. And they were so angry. They yanked her by her hair and just started taking turns beating her. But oh this God. wasn't but this wasn't satisfying enough for them. So this is when the sexual abuse started. And Marilyn is working? Was working. Where the mm-hmm. hell is Helen? She's there, but Katie's not able to voice it to her. She didn't want to say anything. She was scared. You know, little kids get scared. She didn't want to say anything. So Sal started to take advantage of the fact that Katie would sleep on the couch, unsupervised. At night, he would hop out of bed, make his way over to the couch where Katie was, and start molesting her. He would masturbate on top of her. He would touch all over her. And Katie would just lay there terrified. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So Katie would try her hardest to sleep with her grandmother every night. So, you know, the grandma was like, oh, yeah, you can. So she knew it was wrong. She was like, yeah, you can sleep with me. Like, come up. Well, she was scared. She was, and the grandma would be like, yeah, you can sleep with me. But Sal would say, Katie, no, 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 no. Why don't you stay up a bit longer and spend some time with us? We can play with your toys. Like, we can do that kind of stuff. And Helen big, oh, yeah, if you want to stay up, you know, stay with them. And then he would go over and whisper to her, like, you better not do that. Like, whisper in her ear. So she like was. Like, manipulating so she the was whole ter- situation. Yeah, she was terrified. He was like, you better not do that. So she, stop looking at me when you say that. So she stopped. And so as time goes on, he starts taking it a step further and further until he's full on raping her any chance he could get. He oh. would do anything and everything to try to make... She would do anything and everything that she could to try to stop her, like, not make it happen at all. She would pretend to be asleep in hopes that he would, like, get bored and stop, but that never worked. So Sal would force Katie into the bathroom after he finished, and he would say, clean up. And, like, push her into the shower. And he would watch her as she showered herself. So Sal continued to take it further and further. He would now assault Katie during the day when people were home and awake. He would call Katie into his room. Katie, can you come here? I want to show you something. When she would enter the room, he would be lying on the bed half naked. And he would say, play with me. Oh, fuck. So... (laughs) Katie would sneak into his room when he wasn't looking or around, and she would throw away his lotion of Lubriderm, which is what he would use on her when he was assaulting her. So she figured, if I just throw this away, he won't rape me. However, every time she would go back in the room, Sal would have another bottle ready, and she would just sit there and bawl her eyes out. So, 
put that like in her? I don't like use it as like massage oil. She disassociated the lubriderm. Well, I don't know how he used it, but he would use that on them. I hope he didn't use it as like a lube, but he would just use it as like maybe he like rubbed her down with it, but Oh Jesus. Okay. So by this point Katie is seven years old and she's getting raped anywhere from one to two times a week. Um, Sal would even take Katie in his car to go run errands and he would pull over to molest her even more. He would force Katie to watch porn with him so that she could, quote, learn how to do the things she saw in the video to him. Okay. So Linda's not any better. Linda would sexually abuse Katie at this point, too. Jesus Christ. Anytime Katie would hint to Sal, uh, anytime Katie would hint to her that Sal was molesting her, Linda would call Katie a little rotten liar. She would, like, say, like, hey, you know, I think Sal's, you know, he's touching me. He's doing this. He's doing that. And she'd be like, you're just a little rotten liar. Go somewhere else. Like, she would not believe her. Um, so Linda would force Katie to watch porn with her. And while they watched it, Linda would finger herself and touch Katie. Oh. She would also get Katie in bed with her. And they would call sex phone sex hotlines. And she would talk to them very seductively. Linda would get a guy on the phone and she would say, by the way, I'm sleeping next to a little girl. And the men would demand to hear Katie's voice and Linda would force Katie to say, hi, this is Tinkerbell. How can I help you? So the guys had to refer to Katie as Tinkerbell, which is sick. So mm-hmm. Katie is like so tired of this. She finally musters up the strength to tell her brother John about the abuse. And when she told him, he was so teary dad and just furious he was like don't worry katie i'm gonna help you so his plan that he told her he was like i'm gonna spy on sal when he does this to you and i'm gonna call the cops immediately that way when they come they'll see it for themselves and we'll have no issues right because they're kids i know and i'm like oh god that's not gonna work so he looks through the window and sal and sal sees him and he ran outside and grabbed John and just started beating him to a bloody pulp. So John managed to get away and he ran all the way to the police station and he was like, I need help. I was spying on this guy that we lived with. He's molesting my sister. He caught me spying on him and he beat me. Look, 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 I'm bloody. Like, is this proof? You need to go help my sister. Please, 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 please. So the police take this very seriously and they show up to the house and they question Sal, given the statement that John told them. And he tells them, look, you know, teens, he's just being a rebellious young boy. I can assure you none of that happened. They're like family to me. I would never. Right, Katie? And scared of Sal, Katie says, yeah, nothing happened. Everything's okay. He must have saw something else. Because she was terrified. Yeah. So one day, Katie invited one of her friends. Now, she didn't have very many friends, but there was a little girl in the neighborhood named Rosie Ann that she would play with. And so she invited Rosie Ann over to her house. And so Sal, being the fat nasty that he is, tried to rape Rosie Ann. Rosie Ann screamed. She ran home and she tells her parents what happened. And they immediately call the cops and they call CPS. So Katie feels as though everyone in her life is either hurting her or getting hurt by the situation that she's bringing them in. But she still won't tell her grandmother. And that's like one of the one people that she knows she can trust. But she's just terrified to tell her. Do you think she's scared that she won't believe her? Yeah. And I think she almost just thinks, well, this is my life. So be it. Oh, my God. But little did she know that Helen is actually getting beat by Sal and Linda, too, daily. 
So they actually were beating her, punching her in the face, and trying to force her to sign over the paperwork to the house, like give it to them. So she refuses, but somehow Sal convinces her to take out a 50000 equity loan on the house, and she gave him half of it. So she gave him $25,000 in cash. She was like, you know what, that'll just be the end of it if I just give this to him. But nope, Sal wanted the house too. So when she would refuse, they would beat her. So she doesn't know how to say no. She's scared. So instead, she just stops making payments on the house and the loan. And the house goes into foreclosure. And this is how, like, the split happens. So they all have to go their separate ways. So Marilyn takes her kids into a broken-down house in Mastic Beach. And Linda and Sal move to a place about 30 minutes away. But Katie and John were still forced to visit Linda and Sal very often. My God. So one day... Marilyn is working her shift as a taxi driver and she picks up a woman by the name of Rose. They strike up a nice conversation and Rose says, oh, you really need to meet my son. You would adore him. He's part of this group called Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Have you heard of it? And she goes on to explain that this program is like for low income or single parent households. And what they do is basically they match these younger children Mm -hmm. with like 20, 30, maybe even 40 year olds to act as like an older brother or an older sister and just kind of be a mentor for them. So Marilyn was like, oh, my gosh, this could be great because John, you know, he's never really had a father figure to look up to. Katie could really use some friends. This might be great. Um, so Marilyn's like, Rose, do you mind giving me your son's number? This sounds amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much. So Rose's son, uh, his name is John Esposito. So I'm not, I don't want to get it confused with Katie's brother, John. So we're just going to call, um, John Esposito, Big John, because that's what, that's what they referred to him as, because he's a bigger guy. So we're just going to call him Big John. So Marilyn reaches out to Big John to try to set up a meeting to discuss him meeting her children. So the whole time... Um, that the, she didn't go through the system, like the program, the proper way. Like you're supposed to yeah. go through Big Brothers and Sisters program. But she basically just called him up and was like, hey, can we come over? We need to meet. I met your mother. You know, this sounds great. And he agreed. So here's the shit part. If Marilyn would have agreed to gone through the program, she would have found out that Big John was never accepted into the program. He failed his background check because why? He is a criminal. What did he do, you might ask? He was caught... He was arrested for trying to kidnap a 12-year-old boy in a parking lot. Oh, my God. So Marilyn meets with Big John. The meeting goes great. She's um, convinced that this would be great for her son and her daughter. So from that point on, Marilyn would drop her son off at Big John's house to play video games. They would hang out. They would watch movies, cook, whatever. And um, when Katie finally turned eight, she was also being dropped off at Big John's house. um, And she liked it. She would have fun there. They loved it. He would always have a brand new Barbie doll for her to look at and play with when she would come over. He would give her big hugs. They would laugh. They would play. She loved it. However, one day, Marilyn finds out that Big John had touched her son in a very inappropriate way, and she is livid. So the kids were to no longer see Big John anymore. Katie, at this point, was okay with this because Big John was starting to act really weird towards her as well. Okay. So going to Big John. So Big John lived close to Linda and Sal's new place. So when Katie would be dropped off by her mother at Linda's house, Big John could see and he knew. Every day Linda would take a midday nap and Big John pretty much knew exactly at which time she would go down for her nap. So Big John would call the house and Katie would answer it. Hello? 
he would say, hey, Katie, it's Big John. I know Linda's asleep. Don't wake her up. Just come outside and meet me. Sneak out. Come meet me. I can bring you over to my house. We can play video games again. We can play with your dolls. I got you a new one. But just don't tell Linda. You know she's jealous of our friendship, Katie. What is that bitch napping from? Right? So Katie was like, no, I don't want to do that. And she would hang up. So going to Big John. So he was born in New York to his mother, Rose. So she was ecstatic when she was pregnant with him because shortly before that, her first child had passed away. Oh, no. Um, so John was like her gift from God. She said that they were very close. And John um, would live with his mother well into his 40s and converted her garage into a two-story apartment for himself. So that was his home, but it was actually connected to his mother. So on the first floor, he had a kitchen and a living room. And on the top floor, he had a bedroom, which pretty much filled um, with video games and like just a bed. And he did have a walk-in closet, but this was also filled with like the newest and the latest games, like all of them. Was it his passion? I don't think so. But the neighborhood kids loved him for this Mm -hmm. he would let them come over and play games all day every day he would tell them you are always welcome to come over whenever you want just come on over he also had fridge uh, full of sodas candy jars everything this was like a kid's dream and they would come over and but big john was very well liked in the neighborhood too they said he was respectful he watched the kids um, for the families he was all around pretty friendly and nice All the families thought he um, was, like, mentoring the children. But like I mentioned earlier, Big John did have a criminal record. He was arrested for trying to pull a 12-year-old boy into his car in the mall parking lot. So because John had pleaded guilty to a lesser charge, the the documents, um, the court documents were sealed. And the general public would have no way of finding this out. But because Big Brothers and Big Sisters application process, they do a very intense one. They were able to figure out, figure it out. And because of that, he was denied the job. Jeez. So two years before the kidnapping, John's mother passed away. And he had another brother and he died as well. Okay. Okay, but it... They've already know Katie and... This is... So the kidnapping, I'm refer- he's going to kidnap Katie. So oh, okay. Two, so I probably should have put that later. But two years prior... So he's just, it's just showing that he's going through a lot. So his mother passes away. He has another brother and he passes away within like a couple of months of each other. Oh, so goodness. he's devastated and he loved his brother and his uh, mother very much. So December 26th rolls around. And this is only four days prior to Katie's um, 10th birthday. So there was a knock on door of Marilyn's house. It was Ann Butler. You're like, who's Ann Ann Butler? Butler? Who the fuck's Ann Butler? This is Linda's mother. Ew. And she's begging, Marilyn, Katie has a big birthday coming up. We are so excited. Can we please take Katie for a couple of days? We want to give her this great birthday celebration, please. Marilyn is like, yeah, um, no, I do not want my daughter anywhere near Sal or Big John. I know he lives over there near you all. And Ken was, and Anne was like, please, this is a big birthday. We have this plan for her. We have food. We have decorations. We have entertainment. She's not going to see Big John or Sal. I can promise you that, okay? But it's just going to be at his house. Right. So Marilyn thinks about it for a few and she's like, okay, okay, okay. But I want her home for her actual birthday. You can just take her for two days. So Marilyn turned to Katie and said, look, sweetie, if you see Sal or Big John, you call the police immediately. I will come and get you. If you want to come home early, I will come and get you. You just let me know. 
So Katie agrees, and she goes out of the door with Anne, Linda's mom. December 27th rolls around, and they did have a massive birthday party for Katie. Food was being served. There was cake. There was decorations. There was singing, dancing. But then there was a knock on the door. You and the knocking. In walks Big John. And in his hand, he has a massive birthday present for Katie. It was a huge Barbie doll dream house. <gasps> oh my God, I wanted one so, so bad. So Katie's face immediately was like, oh my gosh. But Big John tells her, Katie, I'm glad you love your present. However, I'm going to need to come over tomorrow too. This is really difficult to put together. I need to help you. It's for adults. So I'm going to be back tomorrow. So Katie like nods her head and she runs to Linda. She's like... Linda, I'm not supposed to be around Big John. My mommy said I need to call the police. Like, this is not good, please. And Linda says, oh, honey, no, you do not. Big John is nice. Your mom is just so overprotective. He's harmless. He can come over tomorrow and help you set up your Barbie dream house. We're just not going to tell your mother, right? Wow. So sure enough, the next day, Big John comes in and he says, hey, Linda, change of plans. Do you actually mind if I take Katie off your hands for a few hours? I want to take her to Spaceplex, which is like a Dave and Buster's type of deal. It's like arcade. an arcade. And Linda says, mm, sure, John. Yeah, go ahead. That that won't hurt. So Katie looks at Linda, like breaks her neck. She's like, um, I think the fuck not. She didn't actually say that. But Linda tells her, Katie, you will be fine. It's just for a few hours. Who wouldn't want to go to Spaceplex? That sounds so fun. But remember, we're not going to tell your mother. Jeez. So off in Big John's car they go. She was in the front seat of his pickup truck, but during the ride, he said, Katie, why don't you sit on my lap while I drive? No. You can even steer the truck yourself if you want, Katie. You're a big girl now. You can do these sorts of things. So as they continue to drive, Big John says, hey, let's stop at Toys R Us on the way, and you can pick out a toy. How does that sound, Katie? So they get to Toys R Us, and he buys her a Barbie doll, but instead of going to Spaceplex after, like he promised, Katie notices they're pulling into his neighborhood. And she's like, uh, where are you going? I thought we were going to Spaceplex. But he tells her, no, 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 we will, we will. Why don't you just come in for a little bit and we can relax. We'll just play some games and then we'll go to Spaceplex. Don't worry. So she walks in the house and she notices for once that it was dead silent. Like usually there was other kids playing around. Um, That is so creepy. His friends would be there, but it was dead silent. Nobody was there. So Katie's like, I'm going to be okay. We'll leave here soon. You know, it'll just go by really quickly. So Big John goes to retrieve something and Katie just starts playing with some of the games. And when he comes back, he's not happy. He's not playful. He's not like that big, lovable Big John anymore. Something like had came over him. Something was different. He had this like cold, dark, almost scary look to him. I hate that. So he enters the room and Big John turns off the lights shuts the doors, closes the curtains, and he comes up behind her and whispers in her ears, I'm not going to hurt you, Katie. Then he covered her mouth and, and like, picked her up and sit her in his lap, and he started to sexually assault her. Ew. After that was over, uh, Big John picks up Katie and brings her downstairs to to the downstairs part of the apartment, and she knew this was going to just only get worse because typically no kids were allowed in that area. So she started screaming, she started yelling, she started kicking all over the place, and Big John drops her on the floor of his office. On one side of the office, it was, like, covered in, like, a bookshelf displaying all of his baseball caps, and Big John goes over to the bookshelf, and he starts tugging and tugging and pulling on it, 
all of a sudden the middle section of the bookshelf started to slide forward. And behind this piece of the bookshelf was not a wall, but instead a huge hole. And this hole would lead to a tunnel. Oh my God. So Katie immediately starts to panic. She's looking around the room for like a last effort to escape. And she sees a cell phone on the table. So she grabs it and she dials 911. They answer immediately. And all she's able to get out is, I am on Saxon Avenue. I'm on Saxon Avenue. And Big John heard her, <gasps> ran up to her, grabbed the phone, turned it off, and threw her against the wall. Now, this area was under construction, so there was nails hanging out of it, and they clipped her back, so she's bleeding, she's crying hysterically, and John yelled at her, don't ever fucking touch that phone again. Okay, so he's, John. Right, so then he looks at her, and he pointed to the hole in the wall and says, get down the fucking hole. So she looks at him and she's scared and she goes, but I don't want to. What's down there? And he says, a bomb shelter. And he picks her up and throws her down feet first. So the hole was like dark and scary and you would have to fall for quite some time before landing on the floor. Um, so it's kind of like the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland is what I okay. kind of think of it. So when Katie lands on the ground, she starts crawling and she turns around and she notices Big John is coming down the hole after her. So she gets out of the tunnel and she's in this cold, dark, airy room. And what was in the middle of this room was very alarming. There was a small wooden box about the size of a coffin that was padlocked shut. Oh my God. So it was padlocked shut. In the corner of the room was a little toilet, but it wasn't connected to any piping or anything. Instead, it was just like a black trash bag lining it. So there was two shelves down there, one in which had a security monitor that showed the outside of John's house so he could see if anybody was coming home. This room was also built to be soundproof, so it was covered with cushions and like egg cartons to keep out any sound. Big John walks over to the wooden box in the middle of the room, opens it up, and says, get in. So inside, oh she sees that there's a blanket, a pillow, some sheets, a very, very small TV, in a 101 Dalmatians nightgown. So she's basically, just think about like a dog kennel for like a large dog. Um, so there was room for her to lay down and sit up, but she couldn't stand. Right. She looks at the box and she looks back at Big John and says, have you been planning to kidnap me? He oh says, he says, yes, for a long time now. She says, when will I be able to go home? And he says, you are home now, Katie. This is your new home. Congrats. Cong like, oh, thank you. Best birthday gift ever. Okay. So he sticks a tape recorder in her hand and he said, hey, I need you to record some things for me. He said, repeat these exact words. I've been kidnapped by a man with a knife. Oh, no. And here he comes now. And then stop. So she was a little nervous at first, so she kept doing it over and over again. He was like, no, 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 no. You need to show more emotion. Sound scared. So she would do it. It wasn't good enough. He was like, well, maybe if I just leave you alone, you will feel more comfortable, right? I thought she was writing it. No, she's recording it into, a, like, an oh, audio recorder. Okay. So, um, so he leaves her. So he leaves the room, and Katie records it. I've been kidnapped by a man with a knife, and here he comes. And she paused for a long, long, long moment. And at the end, she said, I've been kidnapped by Big John. I'm at his house. Please help me. And she clicks it off. And he comes She's back. smart. Right. For a 10-year-old. So Big John comes back down. And instead of packing it up and mailing it, because he brought a box to, like, mail it off, because he was going to probably mail it to, like, 
uh, news stations and stuff like that. So instead of mailing it up and sending it out, he's like, well, let me just play it real quick. So he plays it and then he, he can tell that it continues to go and he hears a long pause. And then he hears at the end, I'm at Big John's house. Please come help me. And he immediately slapped the shit out of her and demanded her to do it again. So she had to do it in front of him. So his plan was to tell people that someone abducted her while they were at Spaceplex and that he looked all over for her, but someone just probably took her. He called Linda's house. So he called Linda's house and it went to voicemail and he played the recording into the voicemail. Do you think it sounded as good as our podcast? I don't know. So news reporters and police got word of her missing and would swarm Linda's house for an interview and any clues as to where she might be. And she, they said when the news reporters were interviewing her, she would play on repeat A Whole New World because that was Katie's favorite song. And she was just so distraught. She was like putting on this character, this Linda. facade, Linda. Which is like, it's not even her kid. Right. So Linda told them, when I heard the tape, I knew that Katie was crying hysterically and I couldn't believe it. I was hearing her talk about a man with a knife. I had to listen to it 10 times before I could figure out if it was real. So Linda is just playing this part of this concerned and worried godmother when in reality she knows, like, what the fuck happened. Where's Marilyn? So Marilyn gets word of this and she says, quote, I felt like I was going crazy. Every time the phone rang, I would just jump. So even with all this going on, Linda and Marilyn still managed to somehow fight and argue. So. Linda created a fake room in her house and she filled it with like all these toys, everything like a young girl could possibly want. And she was like, this was Katie's room. When Katie, in fact, did not have a room, she would be forced to just sleep wherever she would land. Um, So the news stations are being like, oh my gosh, Linda was such a caring godmother. She even went to the extreme to like write uh, like a letter from Katie to her saying like, Katie... Or, Linda, you were the best godmother I could ever ask for. I love you so much. I don't know what I would do without you. And Marilyn was like, she made that shit up. Like, that is, Katie did not write that. And it said, like, love Catherine. And she was like, she would never write Catherine. She would have wrote Katie. Um, Hell no. So they even interviewed Sal, Linda's husband. No. And he said, quote, I don't know who could hurt a little girl. He said, Marilyn is a total phony. Anyone can see past those tears. I've known Marilyn for a long time. I know her inside and I know her out just like a book. And those are phony tears. They ask, why would she be crying phony tears? Sal said, why? Maybe she's got a sick mind. I don't know. Marilyn abandoned the kid when she was only two months old to my wife. She didn't even raise the kid. As for what happened to Katie... That lasts with Marilyn or Little John. Marilyn was into that kind of stuff, like rituals, voodoo, witchcraft. So I'd probably blame that. Sorry. So Sal tries to plant this on Marilyn and Little John, but of course the cops can see right through the lies. Their main target is Big John mm-hmm. because he was the last one seen with her. But where is uh, Little John? I don't know where he's at, but he's not being affected. But like, he's not. Like, he's just there. They're not interviewing. Well, I mean, he's a minor, so they're not, like, interviewing him or anything. Yeah, so he's 16 at this point. Yep. So, Big John claimed that he gave Katie some cash at Spaceplex to get something out of the vending machine. And he sat down, waiting for her return, but she never came back. He said he began to get worried, and he was looking all over for her, but he couldn't find her. So, people did confirm that they did see Big John at Spaceplex that day, but they were not able to confirm that they saw Katie. What happened was... 
uh, Big John went to Spaceplex so that he could be seen on camera, but then he left. But the issue is, is nobody yeah, saw Katie. Katie. No one, Katie never entered. So oh, John man. told police when they asked him what he thought happened to Katie, he said, I don't know, something dirty. So they let him go. They didn't have enough evidence. What a dodo. So going back to the bunker. So Big John was back to normal, being his normal, happy self. This was the side of Big John that most people knew him for. And he would ask Katie, like, do you need anything? Are you comfortable? She said one, um, or sorry, he asked, she asked him for a blanket. And he was like, sure, let me go get that for you. No issue. Yeah, let me go get that for you. So when he left to retrieve to get the blanket, um, she wasn't in the wooden box at this point. Okay, like Sometimes she ask. could, like, hang around. So she was freely out and about, and she went over and looked at the security monitor, and she noticed a pair of keys sitting next to it. So she tried to reach it, but she couldn't. So she placed like a milk carton up, or placed a milk carton and stood on it and grabbed the keys. It worked, and she immediately stuck them under her pillow. Big John oh. came back into the room with her blanket, and he asked a terrifying question. He looked at her and said, "Katie, can I ask you something?" She says, "Sure." He goes. Have you ever had sex before? So Katie gave him an answer that let him know that she had been sexually assaulted by Sal. She was like, well, you know, I lived with this guy named Sal and he would do this, that, and the other. And when she looked up at Big John, he was smiling from ear to ear. Ew. She instantly regretted saying anything. And he, like, seemed excited that Katie had, had been abused. And he said, ah, so you have experience is what you're telling me. Ah. Oh. So he then forced Katie to change into the little 101 Dalmatians nightgown that he had for her, and he proceeded to rape Katie for the first time. So after the assault, he told Katie to get naked because he wanted to take a picture of her lying on the floor with her eyes shut and her mouth open. And Katie was like, why? And Big John said, because... I want to take a photo and send it to people. If they think you're dead, they're going to just stop looking for you. So he wanted her to look dead on the floor like he had killed her. But also naked? Yeah. So Katie told him, she was like, no, 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 I'm tired. Like, can we just do this tomorrow, please? And he agreed. He was like, yeah, we can just do it another day. No worries. So John would come and visit Katie in her room at least once a day. Um, she never knew if it was like going to be like the nice John that brings blankets and food and Barbies or like the mean sadistic uh, John. So her plan was to just make him bored of her. Mm -hmm. She was like not going to try to fight back. She was just going to kind of go with the flow so that he would just get tired of her. So then one day she sees a police vehicle in the driveway of Big John's house on the monitor. And she immediately started screaming, I'm down here. I'm down here. Help me. Help me. Help me. Please, please, please. And she actually did this for so long that she lost her voice and she collapsed on the ground in exhaustion. So as she's laying on the floor, she's, she watched the two guys get back into their car. The two police officers oh, get okay. back in their car and they drive off. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say they were going to come down there. No. Like, mm -mm. to participate. No. So she knew in the moment that this was the that she was the only person that she could rely to get herself out of here. She was like, look, no one's going to help me. I've got to get myself out what of here. keys? It was just to the padlock of the, the, all that would do is allow her to get in and out of the padlock. That's it. So she starts pressuring Big John. Well, what are we going to do about school? How am I going to learn things? Katie, I'm going to keep you down here until people just finally forget about you. Then we'll deal with that. What about my future? Marriage. I want children. I want a life. He says, you can marry me and you can have children with me. I'm going to take care of you forever, Katie. Don't you realize? 
He told Katie, he said, I love you so much. The reason why I kidnapped kidnapped you is because I love you so much and I want to protect you. He told her, I can teach you everything you need to know. I'm the only person you need to know, Katie. Oh, my God. So he would continue to keep her down there. He would feed her, but he would only keep feed her candy and junk food. On some occasions, he would bring her a hamburger helper, but Katie would refuse to eat anything that was already open because she was so terrified that he had drugged it or poisoned it. How does she know all this? He would not allow her to brush her teeth very often, so instead he would only give her mints to chew or suck on, and she hated it. So Katie also did not have a toilet in the box that she was in. There was only one outside of the box. She did have a key to the padlock, But she was like, if I free myself to use the restroom every time, he's going to know that I have the keys, right? He's Mm -hmm. like, where's, like, why are you not using the restroom in here? So sadly, Katie had to make a conscious decision to just use the restroom in her box. And this box had practically no air ventilation. And the smell of the box was so disgusting, it made her feel sick. Well, she's only eating, like, she's... Right. So Katie comes up with a plan. She tells John... I think I'm sick. Something is very, very, very wrong with my body. I feel like I'm going to die soon if I don't get to a hospital. She told him, I would never tell on you, though. If you just take me to the hospital, I promise I love you. I just need a hospital. So 17 days later, on January 13th, Big John walked to his attorney office and said, I know where that girl Katie is. Uh And the attorney was like, what? Where is she? Is she alive? He said, yes. I have her in an underground bunker holding her hostage. But yes, she is alive. He was fearful that if she died, he would have a dead body on his hand. So he's like, I'm just going to confess. I feel horrible. She's sick. She needs to go to the hospital. I'm just going to confess to it. So the attorney, <laughs> the attorney, the attorney immediately calls the police. The police alert the media. The press gets involved. The information is leaked out. All of the reporters and journalists report um, started camping out in front of Big John's house. And little did they know that she was actually trapped inside. They didn't know where this bunker was, but she was inside. So Big John goes down into the bunker and it awakens Katie. Big John had a routine of when he would come down to visit. So she was thrown off that he was coming down at this time. But this time, Big John had someone with him and it's another male. And Katie at this point wanted to barf because she's like, oh my God, he's bringing a friend over to quote, have fun. Was that a normal occurrence? Well, that's what they called it, having fun. No, I no, know. No, no, that no, brought... no, but she okay. just thought that that was what it would be. But the voice was a male's voice, and it got closer. And he, she, heard, she was listening, and she said, and the voice said, Katie, it's safe for you to come out now. Katie, it's okay. We are the police. Let's help you. Let's get you out of here, Katie. So when she finally poked her head out of the box, she noticed it was indeed the police, and she was overjoyed. They helped her to her feet, and after 17 days, Katie, alongside the police, crawled out of the bunker. The police then wanted to interview Katie, and they thought the best place to be would be in John's living room, which, that is so odd. So she was terrified the entire interview because she thought this was, like, some sort of setup. She was like, why are they not taking me out of here? Why am I doing the interview in his living room? But, you know, it makes for a good story, like, on the news, like, to be surrounded in the house. That maybe they thought she had, like, Stockholm Syndrome and that she Mm. was, like, comfortable there. Maybe. So the weird part is, though, when the interviews wrapped up, the police said that Katie turned to look at Big John, gave him a big hug, 
big hug and said, I love you. Uh-uh. Yeah, a huge hug. So they were kind of thrown off by this. So Katie is then escorted outside to the police cars, and she's greeted by swarms of media outlets and journalists. So Marilyn and Linda were not allowed to see her right away during the court trial. The court thought that Katie should not go back to live with neither her mother or her godmother, so they instead put her into a foster home. What Kate, about Helen? The grandma, she's too old. They didn't want to put that, that on her, but she's fine. So Katie was quickly adopted by a couple named Ted and Barbara. They already had two children, but they welcomed Katie with open and loving arms. The first night Katie stayed the night with them, they said she had her first panic attack. Um, at first, her mother was allowed to visit her with supervision, but Katie, um, as Katie got older, these visits were just a constant reminder of the abuse of childhood that she had. So she would only go to these visits so that she wouldn't hurt her mother's feelings, but it was not helping her in any way, shape, or form. Because what is she, like, a teenager now? Right. So Katie eventually did go back to school, but she had to be escorted in because so many reporters were trying to interview her. Barbara and Ted were just trying to do anything and everything they could to make sure Katie could have some sort of normalcy. And she loved mm-hmm. school. So Katie was very terrified of her new, her new father, Ted, at first, because she had been, every man, grown man that she had been around tried to touch her. But she quickly found out that Ted was just a gentle and wonderful man. She said Ted, Ted treated her, um, his wife and all other women in his life with so much love and respect. She thought it was like a breath of fresh air to see that. So going back to Big John, he was on bail for $500,000 and his lawyer started arguing with the judge to lower it to something more reasonable um, because he needs help. So the judge changed it to $1.1 million. Basically, how dare you ask me that? So we're going to double it. So they doubled it to $1.1 million for Bell. John was charged with first-degree kidnapping because of the sexual abuse during it, and he pled guilty. He was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison and is eligible for parole in 15 years. So he's eligible for parole because he turned himself in, and they didn't want Katie to have to go through a very intense trial at such a young age. Okay. So during this trial, Big John said, quote, Your Honor, believe it or not, Katie Beers is a very special person to me. In my own strange way, two years ago, I believed in my mind that I was going to in some way help Katie Beers for the future. I knew full well, and I admit in court, that what I did frightened Katie Beers a great deal. I knew for 17 days that she was living in terrible fear and dread, and it was very hard for Katie to believe that she was going to be released into the world again. I think Katie knows I'm sorry, and she did not deserve this. I hope she comes through this okay. I am happy that she has a family that truly cares about her. After being in jail for almost a year and a half, I have thought about Katie many, many times and what I did to her. I realized how terribly wrong I was. So, going to Sal. Sal admitted to the court that he did sexually assault Katie, but he said that Katie seduced him. He couldn't help it. Yeah, a five-year-old, or a two-year-old is when it started. So because of this, they were pissed, the court was room, so they started digging up more stuff, and he got charged with all new things. Defrauding Helen, Helen, assaulting Helen and John, sexually assaulting and abusing three different children, (laughs) cheating on his taxes, animal abuse even, because apparently he, he got Katie a cat, and he bashed its head into the wall and made Katie watch. 
So he killed her cat. Okay, I could have gone without knowing that. So, so Sal ended up getting a sentence of 12 years. That's it. However, he did die in prison in 2009. Mm, bye. Yeah. Um, so Katie Beers is actually doing great. She said she would not be the woman that she is today without her two parents. And she calls them mom and dad because they're the Mm -hmm. only people that have treated her like a mother and a father. Um, but she's doing great. Um, she's healed as much as possible. She does like motivational speaking. Um, but she's really, you know, grown up to just be a phenomenal woman. So that was the case of Katie Beers. I kind of wanted to leave it open to where you had to determine like, is it, this is going to be a murder? Like what's going to happen? Um, but she did survive. I wonder if she could you find anything if she talked to her half brother? Oh yeah, they're fine because they had no yes, she still talks to them. He obviously didn't get adopted by the same family. Yeah. But um no, she still talks to them. She doesn't talk to Linda. She doesn't talk to that side of her family anymore. She's completely moved on. Thank God. Right. So that's the story of Katie Beers. All right. And she's right. about four thirty nine years old. Oh, wow. Or 40 now. Okay. Rate. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. And we have a haunted episode coming for you next. Maybe. Do we? I don't know what we're going to do We're almost due for one. But yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.